Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Welcome back to episode 99 of the On the Table Gaming Podcast. And today I'm joined by David from Trona de Diero, a Spanish podcast for A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game, based out of Madrid, Spain. David, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Chase, for inviting me here. It's a pleasure to talk with you and to have this interview into your channel and podcast that I have already seen and heard a lot. <laughs> I'm really excited to have you on the podcast because a lot of times when we try to reach out to people in the international community, there's a big language barrier. And so it's it can be really difficult to have people come on. Uh, maybe it's you know difficult to... I, I don't speak a lot of other languages very fluently, so it can be sometimes difficult to to, to join in on in an English language channel. And so I really appreciate you making the effort and taking the time to come on here and, and talk with us. It's a pleasure for me. English is my second language, not my <laughs> first. I speak better Spanish, but in English, I think that I do pretty well. So thank you for your invitation. And please let me introduce myself. Sure. Thank you. I'm David and my nickname is Ragnarok, creator and presenter of the Iron Throne podcast or Trono de Hierro translated to Spanish. This is a Spanish podcast specialized in a song of ice and fire miniature war games created by Simon. More than two years ago, several friends and I decided to create this podcast in order to talk about this game in our main language and try to make this game more popular here as well as make the community grow. Now, I have already done lots of collaborations and contributions for this game, including interviews to the main developer, Fabio Curie, and the main designer, Michael Schinal, the interview of the miniatures, sculptors, and creators of miniatures of this war game, Big Child Creatives, and those are by Dark Sword Miniatures, and many more interviews with relevant people of war games and miniatures in general. Also, I organize and coordinate people to make possible or participations of the podcast as an organization in several events and conventions, such as the Freak Wars 2019, pre-COVID-19 era, with a huge stand dedicated exclusively for a song of ice and fire just in front of the main scenario. This convention had more than 30,000 unique visitors and so many wow. yeah and so many came back several times during all the weekend but this is nothing compared to Gencon of course <laughs> Gencon is another level of convention and our podcast as an organization also promotes and organizes local gameplay demos leagues and tournaments for this war game even as a sponsor and promoter with raffles or unit boxes and accessories for the game among all players. Give guaranteed if you play. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. You know, you've been making content for a while now. And, you know, before we even talk about a Song of Ice and Fire stuff here, how did you get into wargaming in the first place? Ooh, this is the old times. <laughs> okay, my wargaming background started nearly 25 years ago in 1996. My older brother brought one of the second edition of Warhammer 40k long time ago. <laughs> From this moment, I have started to enjoy this hobby of playing war games, collecting miniatures a lot, painting them, and even making some conversions and sculpts with green stuff. The full package. <laughs> so I embrace this hobby totally. Since the beginning, I stood out in manual crafts at school. A few years later, 
my skills improved a lot. Thankfully to my friends and teachers that helped me, now I can say that my level and skills are really high. Indeed, years ago, Gage Workshop offers me a professional formation as part of their sculptor studio, but my life was to a different path. <laughs> Since then, I have collected a lot of miniatures and played several war games and rulebook systems, adapting to the new versions and editions. In fact, even playing and winning in several tournaments and leagues of these games, including the most recent, A Song of Ice and Fire and Saga local events. That, that's great. So kind of a long history of wargaming there. And, you know, actually, that's funny because second edition Warhammer 40K, and that's back when I was playing 40K as well. Those were uh, some good times. I remember back then, I don't think there was anything cooler than than 40K. The miniatures looked so cool, really captured my imagination. Yeah. And then how did you hear about A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game? Did you Were you like a fan of the show or the books? Did you see the Kickstarter? You know, how did you actually find your way right to A Song of Ice and Fire. Since the beginning, because I love the books of A Song of Ice and Fire, <laughs> but I started reading them a bit late. Also, the first seasons of the TV show captivated me a lot. Then I heard about the brand new Simon Kickstarter campaign for this game, and it happened really quickly. <laughs> At the first hours of start the Kickstarter campaign of this game, I used to say, shut up and take my money. <laughs> Two times. <laughs> a super early bird packer. Oh, two times. Oh my gosh. Also, following the campaign updates with really interest. So the short answer to your question, I think, is because I'm a huge fan of this Song of Ice and Fire universe from the beginning. <laughs> and uh, do you have a favorite faction that you play? It's difficult. Um, I just can't say one because I collect them all. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the danger. And this is a problem for me. <laughs> I also try to play and test all factions because if you only focus on one or two factions, you miss some important details of the whole puzzle of this game. I think it's also important to know your enemy. <laughs> Very true. So now I try to no repeat faction between matches or games. Oh, okay. Or even units, not repeat units in the same matches on Tibetan Simulator friendly games, avoiding spam if it's possible. It's true that in the past I tried all options, even the unit spam, but now I think this is a disadvantage because every single unit and their diversity brings you more tools and options. So the factions I have played the most were Starks, Targaryen, Lannisters, Nightwatch and Baratheon, and the lessers, free folk and pure neutrals. <laughs> and of course, the new yeah. Greyjoy, because they are brand new, just a few games. But yeah. if I have to choose one faction at this point of the game, I must say that I love the dragons in the TV shows and books. So Targaryen captivated my heart. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. The Kickstarter was going on during season seven. And there was that episode of the dragons attract the, attack the Lannisters on the field. That was such an amazing episode. I remember being like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited for this Kickstarter now. It was a pleasure to show the dragons in action. <laughs> but as Michael said a few days ago on Discord, dragons need to be also pulled back or reworked it as all the whole new concept a little bit. <laughs> we'll see when they're officially released what they're, what they're like. Yeah, they are so powerful oh, yeah. at this point. 
I love them, but maybe with a new version, maybe they will be a little less deadlier. Many a poor person has been uh, scorched by dragon fire recently, it seems. When you maybe look at uh, a list you want to play for fun, right? When you make an arm you want to play for fun, do you find that you are often thinking more about the flavor, often more thinking about like the mechanic? Okay, so narrative gameplays. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it a lot. By the way, there is a website, Boardman Gaming. Oh, yes. Boardman Gaming. Yes. Yeah. I enjoy a lot of his custom scenarios and they are just for fun, not for competitive or something like that. I play with my friends, some narrative gameplays, and this website brings me a lot of good moments. <laughs> but I think that in my life, there is a moment for everything. I consider myself mainly as a thoughtful person or a reflexive person because I enjoy a lot reading and extracting conclusions, thinking about how to solve a problem and the most optimal way to solve it. This way of thinking also is part of my actual job, finding errors and fixing them. <laughs> so I think that is natural for me. As greater of articles also in Spanish and as translator too, I enjoy a lot solving the puzzle step by step, going back and finding another piece or another better way to do this. But when the playtime has come, I also enjoy a lot the emotion and the fun of living the moment and the action. I also love things like driving cards, playing shooters, and fast video games where have good reflexes and intuition is crucial. Mm -hmm. So as I said, there is a moment for everything in my life. <laughs> so what inspired you to start creating content for a Song of Ice and Fire the Miniatures game? Well, in the beginning, I saw that this game had so much potential compared to other war games I have already played. To mention some of the advantages of this game are the mechanics of alternative turns, the tactics board and politics NCU. Easy and simple rules, but with a lot of depth due to cards. Miniatures of excellent quality already assembled. So many hours I saved up here thanks to this. <laughs> and the miniatures are really cheap in comparison with other brands. Mm -hmm. But you know what happens then? You end up being in a situation like you're in. I totally understand where you end up having not just one cheap army, you end up having, you know, seven cheap armies. <laughs> yeah, this is my problem. The prices are so low for me compared with another more expensive brands mm -hmm. I, that I want to cut them all. <laughs> also, the games of A Song of Ice and Fire are quick and intense and really fun. Now I resolve the games in an hour or less. You know, when you play a lot, you are quicker. So I love the whole concept made in this war game of buy and play. <laughs> mm -hmm. I also love the free war council app. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. This is the way games workshop. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think they're going that way. I think they're doing something like that. But isn't it like a subscription model? That's a little. <laughs> Anyhow, we're very lucky in this community. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Also, I like the balanced and rules updated efforts made by Michael Chinal and Fabio Curie and all their playtesters to improve this game and fix the minor issues. 
that they had found in the units and factions to make it more balanced and really easy to start to play. I love also some aspects of the Simon actual sales policy. I mean, in the way that you can purchase and play what you want because they want that all units will be playable and avoiding the classic pay for win mechanics of other brands yeah where the old units are crap and the new releases are overpowered op on purpose to sell more boxes i think the sales policy by new broken releases to win is wrong so thanks to all developing team of this game to avoid that and to bring us a well-balanced game and I think you get to see that too with a company like that, where someone like Michael Chanel and Fabio Curry, you know, there's many different parts of a company, but that the the rest of the company looks to them and lets them make a game and then market the game they made rather than the marketing being the one driving everything. And then people try to make the game to sell through marketing. You know what I mean? I don't know if that made sense, but I think that this is a good job. Returning to your initial questions, I see that this game is brilliant in some aspects, but it was a very unknown game in my country, Spain. Mm -hmm. Just a few people in my country knew about it, and the presence of Spanish translated boxes of this game, produced in Spanish by Edge and Asmodi, are very scarce and outdated in stores. It's the sad thing of this. Then we and some friends decided to create the Iron Throne podcast or Trono de Hierro in Spanish to talk about this game more in our main language and try to make this game more popular here in order to grow the community. And nowadays, luckily, the Spanish community grows very strong with events with 120 players or more. It's amazing. And we are very happy to have contributed to increase the popularity of this game in our country. What's something about A Song of Ice and Fire that you really enjoy? Was there something about the game that's really captivated you? What, maybe something that makes it stand out compared to other games? I love the full package of this game. I mean, reading the articles and Ralph's discussions about it, purchasing new releases, painting, playing and testing them, <laughs> making lists in army builders. By the way, your army builder is so cool. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Talking about it with my friends and creating content for the community via podcasts, articles, translations, gameplays, events, and so on. <laughs> but if I had to choose one, mm, uh, difficult to choose, <laughs> I think that uh, it would be to do something new that no one else has already thought about it. <laughs> wink wink mm. or discover something new and develop it until finding the best optimization i have soul of inventor and hunger to create new things indeed <laughs> and then share this discover this invention to the community whatever will be the shape or way <laughs> well that sounds exciting it'd be fun the more things we can do to get people playing the game the better yeah i think so so what are your thoughts on the upcoming great joys then well they look great the games i already played with them and against them <laughs> i enjoy it a lot because their faction identity is unique and really will represent it from the books to this game also the new pillage mechanics are excellent and i think they are a solid faction that plays his own style Excellent healing and flanking mechanics, units really persistent and annoying for your opponent if you play them well. 
Also, they are cheap units, and I love some tactic cards in the basic deck, such as the Kraken's Worth. Uh, mm -hmm. This card, <laughs> I think, is a win-win option that conditions a lot your enemy choice on the tactics board. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool to see cards that you can play that make them have to think about you know everything they do. So if they claim a zone, they've got to pay a price, and that'll be really fun to, to get more practice in with. Yeah, I love this mechanic. About the Great Joyce, maybe the Iron Makers unit with Eric Iron Maker and Aaron Greyjoy NCUs will be a stone very hard to break. But now it's too soon and we will see in the future this unit in action. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Are there any factions or characters or mechanics you'd like to see explored? Mm, yeah, a lot. There is a lot uh, to talk about here. <laughs> I'd like to see the Brotherhood without banners. With Lady Stoneheart, the House Arryn with his shiny cavalry knights. Of course, the House Martell. I hope it will arrive soon. This fantasy universe, I think, will bring us a lot of new factions and options. It's simply huge. I would love to see in future some representatives also of House Dondarrion, Connington, Karstark, oh. and Glover. <laughs> yeah. They are so cool. And also more units and factions, maybe from the other side of the narrow sea. That would be cool. Yeah, a lot. Of course, I reserve the best to the end. The other faction, <laughs> where I especially want to say thank you, Chase, for your brilliant contributions with your The Others fan-made factions, both the original version 1.0 and the updated 1.2. Thank you. And that was developed by Yannick Bird. Uh, but it's good to hear that people are still getting to test those out and uh, experiment with them. Do you think we'll get uh, the other's faction someday? Yeah, I pray for this. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, I purchased some miniatures of White Walkers sculpted by Eladan Miniatures or Ice Spiders with his riders. And I personally made a conversion of the Night King on his zombie dragon Viserion made by McFarlane Toys at a really affordable price, by the way. End of the commercial advertising here. <laughs> Joke. <laughs> In conclusion, I just want to say that I love this fan-made faction a lot. And I hope that the book Winters of Winter will bring us this faction officially in the game. That would be amazing. Yeah. Also, about your initial question, about the new mechanics to improve in this game, I would like to say that I think that the best war games are those that every unit or ability can be countered or nullified somehow, mm -hmm. if your opponent is smart enough or skillful. I dislike those games where an overpowered and unstoppable unit can win the game by himself, no matter what your opponent does or he throws against them. I mean, the classic Death Star concept, you know? Mm -hmm. I can simplify this concept saying that I really like the games like Rock, Paper, Scissors. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or if you want, can we improve it with Lizard and Spock? <laughs> Big one theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean that those games where everyone in the game can be defeated, choosing the right tool are cool for me. In this line of thought, I would love to see for this game some new game mechanics, for example, one to remove positive tokens to enemy units, such as faith or pillage or corpse tokens, you know, those new positive tokens that until now there is no any mechanic for the enemy 
to remove them from the enemy units. What do you think about this? So having the way to remove tokens somehow, like a positive token? Oh, that could be really, that's unexplored territory. I think that could definitely be something down the line. Yeah, because you can remove negative tokens such as Panicked, Vulnerable and Weakened, but not the positive tokens. Also, I would like to see new game mechanics to unlink enemy Nightwatch bows or persistent cards that remain attached to units until the end of the round, such as Targaryen, Unstoppable Advance or Blood of the Dragon and so on. Nowadays, bows are untouchable by the opponent. Mm -hmm. You can't remove them no way. I think this will be a cool improvement too. And uh, finally, I would like to see mechanics for remove order tokens from your own units. For example, to use this order twice per round if you play them well. Hmm. I think this will be an interesting mechanic, but not OP, not overpowered. Just more fun. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if for like future factions, if there's room to start incorporating some of those elements and bringing them into the game. I hope so. <laughs> so where can people find your content and uh, any upcoming projects people should know about? Well, you can find me at the Iron Throne podcast. My contributions with additional content of this brilliant war game have been a lot in many ways. Of course, the podcast, the unboxings, videos, written articles in blogs, fan-made translations and leagues and tournaments as organizer, also a sponsor of those events, making free draws of unit boxes between listeners and players. I think I repeat me a little bit. <laughs> we will see what future brings us, maybe some more collaborations and interviews, new events, stuff related with this game. For sure. <laughs> and I have some surprises that are almost ready. Wing wink. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm looking forward to finding out more. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, before we wrap things up, uh, for those that are uh, maybe listening and are Spanish speakers, is there any message you'd want to say to them in Spanish? Un saludo a todos. Es un placer estar aquí. Y bueno, ya me conocéis del podcast, así que nos escuchamos por allí. <laughs> All right, I'll take your word at that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you let me an end words. Absolutely. Okay, finally, I want to say thank you to all my friends and collaborators that made this dream possible. Meliadus, Balten, Gonzo, Bilam, Wind Warrior, Nexodar, Edward and Gustavo. And also to the people that we have interviewed and participated in some of our programs such as the developer and designer, Fabio Curi, and Michael Chinal, of course, the Big Child Creatives Miniatures Creators, Elio de Grado, Jaime de Carnica, and Daniel Fernandez Trucho, Sandre of the La Voz de Horus, Tangirl and the Deep Games uh, friends, and of course, the American friends of Death Die Club, the Spanish club Septimo Grado, 7G from Madrid, and Abemos Lodon Podcast, uh, and of course, uh, thank you, Chase, for inviting me uh, <laughs> to this interview. <laughs> In the overall balance or podcast, it has had more than 20 different voices that makes possible this. And we hope to grow so much more. Also, thank you to Pasote team for the collaboration recording gameplays for this war game. Also, thank you to the companies that support us as sponsors like Mandua, Model Brush, Funny Monkey Things. Goblin Trader and the Freak Wars team conventions as promoter in their huge event 
with nearly 30k, 30,000 visitors in 2019 edition, pre-COVID-19. And thank you to all followers and users for the comments and good feedback in social medias like iBox, YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. I want to say them uh, this is your program too and your contributions make us great. Finally, I want to thank you again, Chase, for inviting me to your program and for this interview. And thank you so much. Oh, actually, okay. How would I, if I wanted to end this in Spanish, I want to say, you know, in, in the meantime, I hope you get your miniatures on the table. How would I say that in Spanish? Or can you lead us out with that, I guess? <laughs> oh, in Spanish, I think that this will be, bueno, y espero ver tus miniaturas en la mesa. <laughs> <laughs>